Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Nikki Bean, and I'm the head of community at Decent. Decent enables artists of every industry to build on-chain through open tools that meet each creator where they're at on their Web3 journey. I'm based in Denver, Colorado. So Decent just released uh, the Decent Protocol, which is um, a really cool new development in Web3 music. I'm always obviously biased towards it, but uh, within the protocol, we were really you know, motivated to give artists and creators tools that they could use to create their own smart contracts with it not being something that's like a complicated process. You know, there's some other amazing platforms that have built some really cool tools that allow creators to build their own smart contracts, but often it involves them, you know, having to learn how to code. It's a little bit complicated and clunky. They don't know if they're doing it right. It ends up being a lot more effort and time and stress and everything like that. And so with a decent protocol, we offered a couple of ways for our creators to, you know, still take their smart contracts in their own hands, you know, with the releases of their music NFTs or, you know, any kind of contracts they want to build in a way that is easy and really streamlined and takes the time out of building. So uh, the couple ways that we have, you know, released these tools out to the public are through um, the first and foremost is the decent SDK um, software development kit. Although I'm on a tech podcast, people probably know this. Oh, but it's so um, good to explain. You know? has, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to glossary yourself a little bit. But um, so we have the decent SDK, which can just be accessed through basic JavaScript functions. So um, no solidity needed. So even like the most basic developer, if they want to just hop in there and, you know, you know see what they can build, uh, we absolutely invite that as open source. And then the other way that creators can do it which is probably the most attractive to you know artists uh, musicians uh, the independent creator um, with no coding experiences our creator hq which is our um, smart contract minting and management tool um, that is again open source any creator can connect their wallet and you're able to build your own smart contract um, you know music nft through just modular um you know, modular building blocks that you just have to fill out the required uh, form and then you can deploy it easily, no coding required. Um, and so the cool part about that protocol, um, well, there's a few different things. First and foremost is, again, you know, the no minimal, the no code solutions and tools that artists can use. But also, um, again, with a low barrier to entry and accessibility, we have... Um, 
we've leveraged multiple different EVM chains. So um, artists can deploy on like Polygon, um, Optimism, you know, lower gas, um, you know, guzzling chains, to, so to say, so that, you know, especially like an artist in, you know, other countries, like we have some Argentinian and like Colombian artists who can't afford to pay the main, uh, the big gas fees that Ethereum takes. It's just not accessible for them, but they're able to easily deploy on Polygon, on Optimism, on these layer two chains at very minimal cost. And so that takes the, both the time and expense out of releasing on chain. Um, a couple other ways I'm really excited about the protocol is the fact that we have splits absolute, uh, built into all of our contracts um, and to really just put uh, creator attribution and you know make sure that um, everybody's just getting the credit and the funds that they need. And so automatically building that in to make that process a lot more seamless rather than going to a third party in order to set up splits on uh, their music NFTs. Yeah, it's just, I could go on and on forever about it, but uh, there's just, we're really, again, just trying to focus on lowering the barrier to entry for creators to build on chain on things that they want to, or in the way that they want to rather, instead of like conforming to like a platform and their release structures or, you know, having to wait to get allow listed into some builder tools, you know? Hi, this is Flavia Macedo, community manager at Common Ground, an all-in-one web-free native coordination and messaging platform. I'm based in Rio, Brazil. It was kind of huge challenge kind of changing careers because I was really not happy with uh with the path that I was in I, I felt like yeah there's something missing I could do so much more when I started thinking about what is it what is my gift to the world what what can I put my uh my potential in, in the best way possible to serve uh society and my community and and to 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 type it uh, to step into this this person, this position, I had to let go of a bunch of stuff and I have to pass like a really kind of tough time where my family actually kind of supported me through this process of kind of understanding myself and shifting uh, careers. And I really, back at the time, I really had this feeling and the securities, am I going to find it? Am I going to find a job that uh, provides me financially, but also is aligned with my goals and visions and what I really want to do. So I had this doubt in my heart, like while I was going through this tough time, but my intuition kept saying, yeah, you, you're going to find it if you wait long enough and you keep believing in yourself and what you want to do and you keep putting the effort and follow uh, your dreams, you're eventually going to find it. And, and that happened. So I, Oftentimes I've been working in this space like for three years now. And oftentimes I like to remember what it was to be in this doubt and not sure of if I'm going to find it or not. So, so I can really appreciate and celebrate. I'm grateful for what I have now. And yeah, totally, it was totally important to just, just stick into my intuition and believe in myself and that it's possible that it's other, that are other people in the space that will be able to support me. And yeah, I found those people and I'm really, every day I'm kind of uh, grateful for, for them, yeah, for fighting them. And you mentioned that your family was really supportive. I think that that's a really important thing to talk about, uh, how you said that your family supported you during the transition into this new career. 
How did you approach that? Was your family always very supportive? Did you have to go and ask for help? Because I think that's sometimes the hardest part uh, for people in general, let alone uh, someone who's switching careers or trying to do something more creative. In general, it's difficult to ask for help, you know? And that's so important. I think some of the most successful people are good at knowing when to ask for that extra support, whether it be emotionally, uh, financially, whatever it is that you need. So uh, how did that How did that happen? Is that always something that you had with your family? How did you approach that ask for support? Yeah, actually, it was more kind of organically. I never had this conversation. Yeah, I need you to support me through this transition. What happened is that I, throughout my kind of college, after I had my, I had my kid, uh, my family was supporting me from that. So, uh, so then I graduated, and and they, I haven't, I haven't talked to them directly. I'm not pursuing that, but I was pursuing other stuff in parallel, and they never really kind of pushed, put me in the wall, and and demand me for like, a, yeah, you need to get a job right away. They kind of allowed me this space for me to do stuff, and I believe that they saw that I was doing something. I was not like. Uh, sit around doing nothing. I was volunteering. I was kind of creating an NGO in the meantime. So I was doing stuff. I was moving around. And I think that they saw that I was uh, doing something and they kind of supported, supported me through it. And uh, But yeah, I'm really fortunate for, for having this space to really kind of grow and experiment and see where where is it that I want to do. So... Yeah, we never really had that conversation. I never, I was never required to 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 touch this topic, but I took advantage of this pace that I had and support that I had to follow uh, what I really wanted to do. Hi, fam. It's Catherine Roan, product manager in the educational space, and also a dabbler in Web three. I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, um, we we kind of stopped with the food truck because my sister was actually also um, at uni. <laughs> and she's like, I also probably need some sort of career just in case this doesn't work out. <laughs> and I was like, totally cool, totally cool. And, and we were just, it was really weird. We were too busy that we couldn't keep up and we both still had our jobs and full-time work in school and whatnot. And we're like, oh, we just can't service it properly. So... Yeah, it's like end of an era. That's that's great. We sold the food truck to someone who's now doing smoothies, and I'm so happy for them. But yeah, I think I always had that. And like once I got a taste of entrepreneurship, I was just like, this is cool. You know, this is fun. So startup, just the startup mentality was so cool because how quickly you can prove or disprove a hypothesis that you have about something, I think, is really fun. And doing it in a really messy way, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And so, yeah. So while I was still teaching. Um, I connected with this guy and, and we're still friends now and, you know, he was in management consulting and he said something and I, he said it, he was just a bit disillusioned about school because he didn't do too well and the system itself just wasn't helpful for him in particular. And I just turned to him and I said, well, what are you going to do about it? Just as an offhand comment. And he took that to heart and he actually started something. So initially I just got him to come into my school because I'm like, I need free support with management because, I, you know, my team needs help. Can you come in and help? And it started like that. And then he just saw a need and he started to build a platform that we were using in schools. And then he just said, well, he just said to me, Hey, can you help me? And I said, look, I'm, I'm teaching, but I can help be the educational voice while you kind of help 
build the company and we can do that together. So, yeah, it was very accidental. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're pitching to schools. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going into schools and doing demos and all of these sorts of things. And that, at that time I was only teaching part-time, so I had a bit of had a bit more flexibility with where I could be and when. And this was before COVID too. And then, yeah, and six months into it, he quit his job. <laughs> it's like, I think I think this is going to be a real thing. I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, did I do that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we kind of kept growing it. And I guess the platform itself was and is. Um, we saw a need that, you know, understanding teachers don't have time. You know, I'm sure you know, teachers will tell you this, anyone you talk to. And we wanted to help. But in a way that would help teachers better understand their students, you know, they have data, for example, they have data about students in a lot of areas, but it's very locked in many different places. So we, we thought to ourselves, well, what if we bring all of that to one place so you can have a better 360 picture of your student? Would that be helpful in the way that you plan, in the way that you get to know students, in the way that you teach? It turns out it did. <laughs> so, yeah, we were pulling in a lot, lot of data just to give a more holistic picture of the student. And that was how it started, um, cobbled together with a lot of Google Studio. Apologies to the schools who first picked us up. Now you know the truth. Um, yeah, and then it kind of it kind of grew into now us creating a learner profile um, that is more about celebrating the individual and what they care about and elevating that as opposed to this is your grades, you got, you know, 60% on this test and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, that's like one thing, but what about the things that you care about? Like what would a learner, what would a profile look like if Marissa was to celebrate the things that she was proud of, and how do we share that? And so, yeah, um, really making headway in that space. Um, we got onto a few accelerators, got a little bit of money, thought we were going to die, got a bit more money, like all of those sorts of things. <laughs> um, but I'm no longer involved, sort of, as a co-founder. So the other co-founder, Chris, has really taken that and and run with it, and I'm I'm so proud of him. Um, but yeah, still have that bug in me, I think, and that's kind of. Maybe what I'm excited about Web3 as well. But anyway, yeah. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.